So the question of the meaning of life is really about the idea of maximizing time. And so how do I best live my life? So not only do you have the thought, not only do you try and create perspective and make it an empowering or positive thought, but then you also try and create meaning within thought in terms of direction. What do you want to do with that thought? How do you want to apply it? Hi, and welcome to the Endo Babe podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Bree. I'm an ultrasound tech turned endometriosis coach, positivity and self-love advocate, a seven on the Enneagram, and I am a proud dog mom. And I'm on a mission to help you live more positively with endometriosis and be happy in your body. On the Endobabe podcast, we're going to dive deep into all things endometriosis, mindset, self-love, health, and so much more. This is a badass podcast for badass endobabes, and I want you to leave this podcast feeling inspired and empowered on your own health journey with more confidence and the belief that you too can have more good days than bad. Are you with me, babes? See you in the podcast. Hello, babes. I'm so excited to share this episode with you. I chatted with Retman C all about life and existence and energy and thoughts and perspectives and all of these wonderful aspects that go into making us a human and how to really up your vibration, right? And become aware and surrender and all of the things. It's a fantastic episode. Everybody needs to be in his energy. He is just like a a light of a human and you guys are going to love him. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Endo Bay podcast. I am so excited. Today we have Retman C., here, who is the host of the experience on Instagram, where he talks to real people about real stories in real life, and he gets perspective on the human condition and on life. Like, what is life? What is life's journey? And he has such interesting conversations. I'll take his Instagram below this because you guys have to go over and check him out. Um, but I've been on his show twice, and we just have amazing conversation, and I had to bring him on and share him with you. So welcome, Ratman. Hey, how are you, Chelsea? Good. How are you doing? I'm absolutely amazing. Life is fantastic. Wonderful. So typically I just have you share a little bit about yourself so people can kind of get an idea of what you do and why you're doing it. Yeah. I mean, we've met because I have a show called The Experience uh, with Rehman C. Uh, So that's on Instagram. And, um, you know, I I grew up in uh, London. I've been, um, uh, you know, in the US now, uh, in North Carolina for about uh, 15 years. Um, and, uh, you know, my, my orientation is towards business and sales. Uh, but I'm, uh, I'm an, uh, my passion is uh, seeking um, and people. So uh, I'm really interested in the idea of, you know, um, what the human condition is, why we're here, what we're here to do. Uh, and that's really the basis of my uh, show uh, on Instagram is really to talk to lots of different people from different perspectives and, uh, you know, learn their life lessons and uh, seek their wisdom in essence. And, you know, that's where me and you have come in, where we've had conversations and uh, we've just tried to explore, you know, what meaning is, what truth is and, you know, how to live better lives. Yeah. And I love it. I love your show and just the way 
your brain works <laughs> and your perspective on anything. And I'm sure that because you've talked to so many different people, you have such like a wonderful broad experience. Um, and it's just amazing. So I would love to kind of dig into like, I guess what your perspective on the human condition is. Yeah, it's really interesting. I mean, I, you know, I'm a seeker, like I said, I'm, and I'm searching and I've spoken on the show uh, to over 300 people. So I've been trying to find out what this, this, this uh, journey called life is, what life is. Um, and at the highest level, what I've seen or what I've understood is that the human is almost like just a pure piece of uh, energy. All we are is just a ball of energy. If you imagine, um, you know, having energy and it's a ball inside your head instead of a brain, uh, that's all we are, that we're pure potentiality. And that pure potentiality is directed through by thought. Uh, And so what we think is who we are. And so thoughts are really fundamental. They're really important. The problem is our stories, the stories that we tell ourselves are patterns of thoughts. So we are actually our stories. So the ball of energy is a representation of our stories and our stories basically direct that energy. Um, and so we have to be very careful with the stories that we uh, choose to believe. So belief is fundamental. Fun- uh, belief is our highest story. And the danger with belief is that there is implicit and explicit belief. The problem is not the explicit belief, it's the implicit belief. So the implicit belief is the stories that you tell yourself that you swim in. And because it's the equivalent to you being a fish, you don't actually know you're swimming in those stories. So um, those are your implicit beliefs. And your implicit beliefs are really things that have been um, put into you um, when you were a child, when you were younger. Uh, It's like as you are a child and you're developing language, you don't get taught language, you learn language through osmosis, right? You pick it up and then you start speaking it. No one teaches you language. Um, And so it becomes part of your nature. In the same way, implicit beliefs are not specifically things that are directly taught to you, but as a child, your ability to qualify knowledge or information isn't based on your intellectual prowess or your smartness it's based on the people that you trust so your um your criteria or filter for accepting something to be true is based on the people that are providing that information so you have these implicit beliefs that are put into you that you start swimming in um from childhood that you accept um, without question, without qualification, through the trust of the relationships you have in your um, impressionable period. 
Um, and so those become your implicit beliefs. And so this whole idea about energy and stories and thought, and, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's very complicated and very complex, but, uh, you know, I try and kind of navigate through all of it and try and make sense of it. Oh my God, that's amazing. Um, and that's so important. And I know that's something that I actually teach to my audience, right? Because our thoughts do create our reality and the things that we do say to ourselves, whether it's something that you know that you say to yourself or something that was taught to you, like most of our beliefs, like you were saying, are ingrained in us before we're eight years old, right? And so they're kind of irrational, especially when we're older, like adults carrying around these like beliefs of a child that are dictating our our life and our story and all of these things. So is there, and I know you said like we, we kind of dictate that by our stories and I know that we're meaning making machines, right? Like we as humans, like we love to make meaning out of everything that happens to us and so we can create a story around that. And so is there any tips that you have or do you know how, like how to go about like changing your stories or your implicit beliefs? Yeah. I mean, so there's two stages, right? So the first stage is the creation of the implicit beliefs that recognizing that you have beliefs that you are swimming in that you're not aware of and that are directing and navigating uh, your uh, points of view. So the first point is awareness of that in itself is very important and powerful. Uh, and then the second thing is that those implicit beliefs came into you because you accepted them without qualification, because you were impressionable or because you are impressionable. But the reality is that when you get off a certain age, when you get into maturity, uh, you are able to reason things through yourself. So the second phase is going back into yourself and uh, reflecting over or shining a torch on your implicit beliefs um, and going through what is called a qualification process. Uh, so you basically literally have to sit with yourself uh, and that can be uncomfortable for people, the idea of, you know, uh, sitting with themselves and listening to their thoughts and posing questions to themselves uh, so the only way we can, so that's another interesting thing that I wouldn't say the only way, but the way I understand it, that if we are a ball of energy and energy is directed by thought, then your best thoughts are where you are or the way you program your thoughts is through how you question um, your questioning ability is creating thoughts, then that those thoughts are navigating your other thoughts or they're uh, questioning your other thoughts and they're uh, creating new, um, new beliefs, new ideas, new thoughts from that questioning process. So it's your ability to ask great questions will determine the the value or the quality of the answer. And that quality of answer will define or determine the, the quality of thought or belief you're then able to hold. Yes, exactly. And I know 
like especially so for like an example with endometriosis, right? Like if you're, or let's talk about money maybe. Like if you're like, oh, I can't afford that. Like I'm never going to be able to afford that. I'm never going to be able to, like that's too much money. I can't afford that. Instead of you can like ask a better question and say like, how can I afford that? Like, can I make this a possibility, right? It's just like switching that question because the first one kind of cuts you off and I guess stays in the old belief systems. And the new one helps you search for new possibilities and realize that whatever belief you're saying before might not even be true, right? And I think like this year was a great example of our beliefs being kind of smashed, right? Because 2020, nobody could have predicted anything that happened in 2020, right? It was just like, oh, this is the worst thing that could happen to me. And then something else happens and then something else happens, right? And so it kind of shows us that literally anything could be possible. There's infinite possibilities out there. And I know I love what you said earlier about pure potentiality. Like anything, it's anything could be potentially possible. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I have to go deep and hopefully people can kind of run with me on this. Yes, get in there. <laughs> um, but the idea of questioning is recognizing uh, that thoughts have um, properties and values. So if you imagine a square, right, you can draw a square and it can be on a sheet of paper and it will be flat. It will be two-dimensional. So you have length and width, right? But if you draw a cube on a on a piece of paper, then it will have length, width, and depth as well, right? So there are dimensions to um, the cube, which is length, width, and depth. Um, in the same way, you have dimensions to thought. You don't have just the thought itself. Like, you're thinking something, that's one dimension that the actual content, the thing that you're th of your thought, the thing that you're thinking is one dimension. But then within that thought, you are either also able to create. So let's just say that thought is an image. Now, so you're thinking an image that is one dimension. But that image is also dictatable. So not only do you or are you able to create a thought of an image, but that image can either be positive or negative. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So now you have a choice, not only in the thought that you're creating, but you're creating in that thought, whether that thought is um, empowering or disempowering, whether it's positive or negative, you have a choice in that. And that is called perspective or framing, whatever you want to do, but you have a choice in how you want to hold a particular thought that you uh, conceive. So you have a choice in the picture that you want to paint in that picture that you're painting in itself, right? Yeah. And then the final uh, aspect or dimension of the thought is really whether it is, uh, and this is where I get a little bit more kind of... Um, I wouldn't use the word controversial, but it's more uh, biased, is whether it's a spiritual thought or not, whether it mm. is a thought that is connected to the truths of the universe or not. So not only is it um, 
the picture itself, not only is it an empowered positive or negative picture, but also whether it is reality checked, whether it sinks in with the designs of the universe. So uh, whether it's truthful in itself. So if you have all those three components in a thought, then you're, you're, you're in a really good place. Yeah. And so how can people, because not everybody thinks in pictures, right? Some people think in, there are like a whole bunch of different ways that people like visualize things, right? Um, but how can people go about even just like recognizing that, recognizing like the first step that they need to do? Is it like something they're going to feel in their body, right? Like when you, I know that or something that I teach my one-on-one clients, right? It's like, if you're feeling something in your body, go back and think about what was that thought that you were thinking, right? Was it an empowering or a disempowering thought? Um, but how could they go through and get all three of those steps? Yeah, it's interesting because, uh, first of all, I probably don't know the answer to that. Uh, <laughs> but if I was to think of an answer, I would also have to put that within uh, the context of recognizing that everybody thinks in different ways. You know, there isn't a one uh, size fits all. There isn't one specific answer. Like some people feel, some people think, some people imagine. It's basically whatever you recognize is your tool for uh, ascertaining to, uh, uh, you know, holding thought, whether it's through feeling, whether it's through reasoning, whether it's through imagination uh whatever it is the idea is that you have consciousness and your consciousness can direct uh to you know it can direct you in your thinking on how you should think and how you can you know when you when whichever way you or however you receive the data of the information about the thought, uh, your choice is to either make it positive or negative, construct it from perspective. So the first stage is just to get perspective on this situation. So whatever situation you're in, and I know with endo, there's a lot of pain. um, And while there is pain and suffering, and I've never experienced endo, and I wouldn't imagine wouldn't be able to imagine what people go through. Uh, but, you know, when I get injured, when I get hurt, um, I generally try not to think about the feeling I have of what I'm feeling. I try and think about another story, another subject. You know, you have you have the joke where, you know, if someone, uh, you know, knocks their toe, big toe on something then, you know, slap their face and the attention goes away from the the pain of the toe to, to you know, hey, what are you doing slapping my face? You know what I'm saying? So it's like they've forgotten their pain. Um, and so you have that ability to kind of have perspective, think in a different way. Um, and then the third aspect is really about what I call the, the concept of surrender. It's, it's getting to truth, getting to your truth. Uh, it's about you know, you contextualizing your reality in life. And that sounds all kind of up there in the sky. But the point is, at the end of the day, do you believe you're going to die? So to try and take it away from being a lofty kind of conceptual idea, 
what I'm talking about, I can turn it the other way and just say, okay, well, do you believe you're going to die? Uh, and if death is a truth, then that's a reality check. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, if it's a reality check, it's like, okay, if I'm going to die, then, you know, what am I best to do while I'm alive? You know, how do I maximize the time that I have. So the question of the meaning of life is really about the idea of maximizing time. Um, and so how do I best live my life? So not only do you have the thought, not only do you try and create perspective and make it a, a empowering or positive thought, but then you also try and create meaning within thought in terms of direction. What do you want to do with that thought? How do you want to apply it? Yes. And I know, um, meaning and purpose are, have, I feel like I've talked to you about this before that book, um, man's search for meaning by Viktor Frankl, um, finding yeah. mean, like meaning is how you can go through like some terrible experience and not be completely ruined by it. Right. And survive. It is finding meaning and purpose. So what I was kind of hearing you saying, I'm going to go back and summarize a little bit <laughs> is, um, really just to like get perspective and then choose, right? Because we always have a choice in the thoughts that we're choosing, right? Get perspective on what thoughts are coming up or how you're feeling or what you're imagining, right? And kind of almost do a reality check. Um, <clears throat> and then ask yourself, am I going to die? And really just, if that's a reality, it's another reality check and do, so how can I live my best life with this pain, right? It's almost like changing your perspective a little bit, which again goes back into number one. It was, um, yeah, amazing. I think, oh, another thing, um, I'm kind of, so I'm, I'm learning about like neuroplasticity and TMS and mind-body syndrome and all of these other things because a lot of women with endometriosis, right? It's not just endometriosis lesions that cause our pain. Our emotions, our thoughts, our nerves are like hypersensitive. There's other conditions that could be causing pain, right? And one thing that I um, appreciated that you said was you kind of direct your thoughts away from your pain, which is kind of like a principle of like mind-body syndrome or learning how to manage mind-body syndrome, right? Because energy goes where we focus, right? So if you're constantly focusing on your pain and oh, I stubbed my toe, like it hurts really bad. Like all of your energy is going to that toe right now instead of focusing on literally anything else. It doesn't have to be like another pain somewhere. It's just the art of distraction almost, right? Because if we are a ball of energy, right? Energy can't be created or destroyed. It can just be reshifted a little bit. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it's about uh, shifting energy. The other point I wanted to make, because like we started off with the idea of at the highest level, the uh, all we are is just a ball of energy, right? Mm -hmm. And we can uh, basically direct that energy through thought. Uh, the other aspect also to recognize this, or another way of thinking about it, is also from my conversations with the people that I've had uh, on the show, is that the human is also the equivalent of an antenna. Like we're an antenna. We, yeah. we, we receive and transmit information. Uh, so we are 
uh, when we're an antenna, we transmit information as well. So through will, we create signal, and the signal is basically transmitted to the body. Um, so we choose and decide what signal we want to create that then is disseminated. Um, but signals are frequencies that are represented by vibration. And so awareness creates um, an understanding of what the possible signals are that you want to create. And then they represent the vibration or the frequency. So if you go through an exercise of awareness, then you're able to shift your um, frequency and your vibration that allows the antenna to transmit a better or a higher signal to the body to take action on. Um, wow. So that's also another way of looking at it that, yeah. Yeah. So what would be like an exercise of awareness? Like what would that look like? So now we're getting philosophical. Mm. Um, what I see is that the human has free will. That when you are this ball of energy and your pure potentiality, that means it's the equivalent of having free will. You have choices. You can determine whatever you want to do. So... The problem with choice is that not only can you choose correct thinking, but you can also choose incorrect thinking. Mm. So when you have that choice and you are choosing to think incorrectly, meaning you have biases or you have uh, dissonance or delusion, you're, you don't have a reality check, you have a false perspective. And if you consistently go down that rabbit hole, you're building up an identity of yourself that is not true. Mm. And that's called the false ego, or that is actually your ego. Your ego that is negative or your false ego is your consistent choice through free will, right, of bad or incorrect thinking that has created an identity that gives you a false perception of reality. And where I'm going with this is that that ego is, is either too big or too little, meaning you either think too much of yourself that has created a false reality or you think too little of yourself and that creates a false reality. Everybody, You're better than everybody else or everybody else is better than you. It's still a false reality through free will and choice. And when you create that false reality, that becomes noise. So we create noise that interferes with our ability to disseminate that signal of clarity through the antenna. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So I'm trying to bring it back to the antenna uh, analogy. And so what we have to do is find ways of cancelling that noise to allow that signal to go clear from mind to body. 
And the question becomes, how do you cancel the noise? How do you negate, neutralize, annihilate your sense of self, which is incorrect or false? And the way I have been able to understand how to do it is through, like I said, this idea of surrender, where you reality check. You reality check that you are alive. This is true. We are here. But equivalently, equally, you also recognize you're going to die, that we're not going to be here. There is an end to all of this, right? So when you understand that there is life, but that you didn't create life, that you just appeared, you are here, and that you that there is death, and also that you're not, you didn't create death. That means the human, if the human had a choice, I don't think we would create death. We would want to live forever, right? The idea of the end is not something that we would choose. So we also did not create death. So we haven't created life, we haven't created death. So we actually aren't even in control in the in-between, but we have this false sense of reality that we think we're in charge of uh, our in-between. Now, we may have choice, we may have free will, but we're not in control. And so this recognition that there are outside factors that we're not in control of, like the beginning and the end, right, that creates awareness in us that tells us basically that uh, there's something bigger or higher, however you want to conceive it. There's something outside ourselves that is uh, in control, in charge, because it's created and it's uh, created life and it's created death. So there's something bigger and greater. And when you yourself personally recognize that there is something bigger or greater than you, that awareness in its sincerity negates your false sense of self or your ego or your uh, bad thinking, your incorrect thinking, which cancels out the noise. So the noise is the incorrect thinking and it's called surrender. You just accept the what is, you accept the idea that you don't know everything that you're not in control and that you're willing to work with things as they are, that you're, you know, you're not trying to seek to control. And when you do that, you're in a neutral position. Uh, and then with that neutrality, you get clarity. So the new, the awareness of something bigger and greater than yourself creates a new humility that cancels out the false reasoning and the noise that then gives you clarity through which you can pick up better thoughts that allow you to create better signals that then allow you to disseminate those signals and take action in the physical world through your body. Yeah. And I know, um, like actually getting to that space, <laughs> I feel like it takes a long time, but it is just that kind of, I, I appreciate what you said about the, just surrendering and realizing that, hey, there's, I'm here, maybe it's for a reason, maybe it's for not, but I'm going to get perspective and choose and then do reality checks and really just learn how to live my best life essentially, right? So that I can align with these higher frequencies and elevate my frequency myself so I can 
call in like higher vibrational frequencies for myself. Yeah. And people call that the law of attraction. They talk about that in relation to things that you want to achieve materially. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the equivalent is there also spiritually. Do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And for me, uh, being is more important than having. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like your experience as a feeling, as you're walking through time and space, is more important than your having things that you hold and possess yeah. that you're, uh, you're uh, pursuing as you're walking through time and space. Yeah, but do you think um, having that higher vibration also helps you bring in like the better thoughts, right? And having the choice to like choose the better thoughts and choose and basically like, create your own your new reality away from this like disempowerment, false ego that was originally created. Yeah. Uh, better thoughts. Uh, you know, you create better thoughts, they cancel out your false ego. Um, and in that position, you have um, the ability to really um, harness um, the physical world life, you know? Yeah. Um, what do you think the purpose of that false ego is? The purpose of the false ego, um, I am assuming, I don't know, right? Um, But as I would understand it, that there is the way the universe has been programmed, the way the world has been programmed, is there are consequences. Like there is reward and punishment if... You know, if I um, touch the fire, I'm going to get burned, right? So there is a consequence of something, and I have free will to do that. So, uh, you know, my understanding of the role of the false ego would be to to really just tell you where you're going wrong, uh, because ultimately what I see with the false ego is that you get to a position where there is a dead end. If you take it to its finality, uh, you reach the equivalent of what is rock bottom. When you think you are too much or you're too little, eventually you get to a point in thinking where there is a reality check. And that reality check, so you're... Ego is a mental, spiritual, psychological phenomenon. But the ego itself is manifesting action in the physical world. So you're using your thinking to take action, but that action eventually over time will crash into truth. So... There is a truth in the universe, and when you are uh, not aligned to that truth and you're in your false reality, eventually as you do your thinking, it will consistently be bad thinking to the point where the actions that you're pursuing with that thinking in the physical world will lead you to a crash, mm-hmm. and that is called rock bottom. Yeah. And so the false ego, its role is to get you to a place um, where in 
the physical world, you get to rock bottom, and then that rock bottom shifts you towards uh, going in the right direction because what rock bottom defines is the position you get to where whatever you thought about, however you thought, whatever thinking you've done has not worked because it's got you to exactly that bottom place that you're in. So whatever you're thinking is wrong. So now you have to change direction. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so the universe in itself is wanting you, you to be aligned, to be in this positive state in a, um, in a situation of surrender and in truth, right? Yeah. But when you're misaligned, it creates um, balances and checks that allow you to reorientate yourself towards that alignment. So you can get alignment either uh, alignment through either two ways. One is through inspiration, or the other one is through desperation. So hitting rock bottom, having things happen to you that you're not um, happy about is a way of allowing you to um, get more aligned to the reality or the truth of the universe or the other ways through inspiration where, you know, you're walking through nature, you're inspired by what you see and that kind of takes you to this idea of, you know, the universe is too complex for it to be random. Um, an interesting point on that is the idea, I know we talk about endo, but there is also, you know, mental health. Um, there is suffering also with mental health. People have, uh, you know, bipolar, bipolar disorder. They have other mental illnesses. They have uh, things that are going on in their mind that they're not happy with. And one would argue, well, why would you have that as an issue? Why would that exist? Do you know what I'm saying? Why, you know, the victim mentality, why me? Why do I have a, a, a mental health uh, issue? And I've spoken to people on my shows who have had that. And, you know, I've always been confused with the idea of, well, why do we have mental health? Why do we have people with uh, psychiatric disorders? But they themselves have explained to me that with that mental illness, um, they've had to think harder and sharper. And that opposite that they've had to go to because of what they actually have, it has been the, the catalyst to allow them to get to a higher spiritual state of reasoning. Do you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. because of their illness that it's got them to where they are in their state of reasoning and their clarity of life and how they want to live it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, a hundred percent. Cause I know that that's kind of what happened with me as well. Right. Like I turned my pain into a catalyst for my healing and for like changing my entire life, realizing that the path I was going down wasn't working. Right. And I know that that's the same and true for a lot of other women that have endo as well. So I wonder if it's just pain in general and just like hitting a wall. Yeah, it's just, it, you know, it's everything that we, we, all these things relate to the physical world, the physical dimension. And I just believe that the human being is uh, an entity 
that operates not in a single dimension, but in two dimensions, that we're a spiritual being and a physical being, that we're a spiritual being having a physical experience. So our suffering is in the physics, in the physical world. Pain is related to the physical world. Um, but our, um, our rea- real world is that we're a spiritual essence. So um, our suffering informs our spirituality, but our spirituality processes that suffering and reinforms our physicality. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. So the the spirit is actually the GPS and it leads. And it's just our idea of willpower and exercising and using willpower um, and recognizing that our identity is our willpower and our journey is to exercise and develop our willpower, that our willpower determines our ability to navigate the spirit to influence the physical world. Man, I love this conversation. <laughs> I love talking about all sorts of things like this. And I know um, a lot of my women and, and men in my audience or people in my audience, I should say, are going to get so much out of this because I know like taking a step back and surrendering and doing reality checks and really just figuring out how to live your best life if there is a beginning and an end that we have no control over is like so important for everybody. And so I really yeah. appreciate you coming on. Is there any last um, last thoughts that you want to leave with? No, I, I think my last thought is that if you're not aware of the concept of surrender, then try and uh, investigate it a little bit more and kind of develop practices that of surrender. Like what, so the question would be, what is my practice of surrender? How do I surrender? And what surrender means is just being as opposed to, you know, doing. So it's like, how do I appreciate each moment in life? And how do I walk through life enjoying the moments as opposed to worrying about the future or the past? So that's what I would, I would say. I would just focus on, on that area of the idea of surrender and, um, how to just not focus on the destination, but just enjoy the journey. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for coming on. It was so fun no having you. Thank you so much for inviting me, Chelsea. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Where can people find you? I'll put your links in the show notes. I'm best discovered on Instagram. Um, and so I am Rahman C. So I've got, it's Rahman is my first name, R-E-H-M-A-N. And then C, which is the letter C, but then it has two E's at the end, E-E, at Rahman C on Instagram. Wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on. I know I got a lot out of this conversation and I know everybody else will too. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Oh, babe, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I had so much fun and I'm so fucking grateful for every single one of you. If you thought that this was helpful or you loved any part of this podcast, I would love, love, love for you to screenshot it and post it on Instagram at Chelsea Bree, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-A-B-R-I and tag me. I would love to see what you're getting out of the episodes. It makes me so happy. I would also love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that just helps other wonderful endo babes find me as well. I adore you 
and I believe that you don't deserve to feel like shit. You deserve to have a normal life despite endometriosis. So I love you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll catch you on next week's episode of the Endo Babe Podcast.